0: So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, sophie Dollar.
1: I didn't know it, but I was destined to be your mama. I did the best
0: I could.
2: Well, you did good, Mom. mama. Mama,
0: today is your day. Enjoy your day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy
2: Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day to all of you from the Bible Live broadcast this evening. This is Soapy Dollar. Stacy's going to be joining me in just a moment. And we're going to continue our way as we do every Sunday evening through the Bible. We uh, read through the Bible every year from Genesis all the way to the book of the Revelation, the end of the New Testament. Uh, if you go to the biblelive.com you can join us on that journey and we just last week we read from let me see let me give our readings from this last week we covered we, we're into Second Kings we' finishing up the books of first and Second Kings, these uh, books of history. In the Hebrew Scriptures, we're finishing up the book of Second uh, Kings. The time of the kings, the kingdom divided. Israel, when ten tribes of Israel in the north, and Benjamin and Judah in the south. Uh, the ten tribes in the north are referred to as Israel, and the two tribes in the south referred to as Judah. Uh, after Solomon, David's son, after Solomon's reign, the kingdom divided. Ten tribes uh, broke off. In the north, and then we have the the time that was seven, uh, not not seven twenty two. That was nine thirty. Let me see. I'll get it. 930 B.C. The kingdom divided after Solomon's reign, and then uh, we we cover a number of the tribes. Then uh, the history of the tribes of Israel in the north and Judah in the south. It is a little bit of a challenge, no doubt about it. It's a little bit of a challenge to folks to read uh, these because you you kind of have to need you need a, a roster to kind of know who's in the north, who's in the south, and and what's going on. And uh, there's some some big pressures going on. We'll get into we'll talk a little bit more about the time of the kings here in our first segment. But then we finished up the book of First and Second Kings this last week and just in time for the national day of prayer this last thursday we moved into the new testament where we started reading from the book of acts and uh, it's uh, the story of the birth of the the church the 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 church age this every time everything that happened from the time jesus was crucified and buried rose again and ascended to the heaven ascended to the father uh, ever since then now we are living in what the Bible refers to as the last times, the end times these two thousand years. This is the last era the uh the era of the church, the era of the spirit god's spirit now dwells among men uh in in every believer, every follower of Jesus the messiah uh we now are the body of christ uh we are part of the new race of the redeemed we're we're part of a a new creation in fact new being given new life in christ and uh so we we are here uh, as part of the human race sharing the message of god's love and god's uh desire to have a relationship with men everywhere and taking this message of this good news uh, about the god the true and living god and his redemptive plan for humanity we're taking it to the whole world, and that's been that's been what this last two thousand years has been all about and Now today the gospel has spread to every nation, every tribe, every language group around planet earth and um then when Jesus himself says, after that happens, he said, the end will come so uh it leaves a lot of us with a lot of hope that we might be able to see that momentous event when the Messiah returns again to this uh, world, uh, to to bring his people, to collect his people, to bring us into the final uh, time of the reign of, of God's kingdom. So that's that's what we're looking at. Tonight we're going to cover the books of 2 uh, Kings. We're going to kind of wrap it up, give it a little bit of a uh, tie a bow on it, and give it a little bit of ending remarks about this period of time of the kings. And then we'll jump over to the book of Acts. And kind of get a, a context there. Now, we read already on um, on Friday. We began reading the Book of Acts. We read the first uh, several, just the first several uh, chapters chapters one through four uh, that kind of set the scene, set the stage for all that's going to happen in the the second half of the first century, when uh, this message of the Messiah. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, the message of his coming, of his ministry, of his death, his resurrection, uh, him completing the messianic aspect of the redemptive plan of God. Uh, we've we finished that up in uh, in the first four chapters, and then we'll move right on now into the establishment of uh, this new entity, this thing called the church, Ekklesia uh, in Greek. Our iglesia in Latin, which actually basically just means the meeting, the gathering just God's people getting together it takes many forms and many um, it's in every culture, every tribe, every language group uh, and it's it's very interesting. it's just a very natural gathering and a unifying of those who love God and look for his appearing and that's the the church is actually um, a very simple, a very simple uh, concept in its in its found in its core, and it's just about God's people coming together to love each other, to encourage each other, to help each other, and to work together to share the message of redemption to those around us in in this world. So uh, we'll get into that in our second segment, but we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit now about the time of the kings uh, let me bring Stacy on into our conversation Stace we're uh, this time of the kings is we talked about it last week it's it's a little bit of a a little bit of a confusing era and it's, for us I think as Gentiles we 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 look at the history this is a history of a people group uh, the Jewish people and we start of course the whole Hebrew scriptures about them we start early in the book of Genesis. We have Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob, and Joseph. And so we're following the history of this people, but we're now deep into their existence. They they have become uh, a people group. They have they've returned to the promised land, the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and now they they became a, a people group, a nation that they, they and under these they started out with. Remember the time of uh, Joshua. And judges, and then we went to the twelve judges, eleven men and a woman, in the time of the judges, and then became the era of the kings, with Saul and David and Solomon, and then when Solomon dies, the kingdom divides, and Jer- 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 Jeroboam goes in the north with ten tribes, and, and Rehoboam, Solomon's son, maintains control over Judah, and uh, in, in the south. And so we have this time of the kingdom divided. And a lot of people get lost in all of the activity and all of the battles and the wars and the things that are going on. Um, as, as we kind of try to tie the knot on it t- today, tonight, uh, maybe you could give me some of your thoughts about it. We've kind of had a week to listen and to reflect on this this era, this time of the kings. What uh, any opening remarks about the book of Kings and and the things that happened and what we might be able to yeah. derive from it?
1: Yeah, one, one thing that I thought was um, convicting was um, just the, you know, in reading Kings and reading the life of Solomon, uh, I was reading a commentary, and it just uh, emphasized how The author doesn't really make a call in terms of Solomon was good or Solomon was bad. He just writes and says as it is and leaves it, you know, to the reader to try and kind of determine, well, how did Solomon, what, what was, because it kind of, he starts off great. You You know, he, he's a, he's a man who loves the Lord and who's dedicated. To him, uh-huh. um, when he has the dream, you know he asks for wisdom, which was very pleasing to the Lord, and he was Solomon was given that. But then he also makes these really horrible mistakes, <laughs> and you see, uh, you know, slowly, kind of him one after another, making breaking all of the laws and um and it was interesting you know when when you read it in one fell swoop, you forget that this was a lifetime though for for a man, and so you read it and you just kind of you read it all at once, and you but you forget it it's not as though those decisions happened all at once. He started off you know wanting to seek the Lord and obey him, and just sort of slowly. Made these compromises, and um, and then you know, of course, ultimately he you you see that, and 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 then the temple is destroyed. You know, to the point that it's destructive, and um, even though his reign was marked by peace, was it was a reign of peace, and there was no war. Um, those slow compromises led to destruction, and um, and it just is is a reminder that's that's so very much like all of us yeah <laughs> and to just be very aware of that and to um make yourself accountable cuz you know a lot of that is just self deceit we we don't have accountability necessarily we don't have somebody telling us um this is this or we're not maybe humble to receive it um to to remember to to keep your eyes focused on the Lord, to call us out, to make, keep short account of our of our sins, and to you know, in our thoughts and our hearts. And uh, so it was just a you talk about Ecclesia, you know, the church era, mm-hmm. and that is one of the beautiful things about the church is, uh, yes, of course, we also have the Holy Spirit to convict us and to turn us from those things. We also have the body of Christ in the church to help keep us accountable and to not be afraid of that, um, and to because it can be hard to put yourself out there and be called out on things but what a blessing actually that is because it's better than the alternative which is to have carry self you know self be self-deceit self-deceived yeah <laughs> and um and to not see our weaknesses uh until they're too late you know and until the consequences are, are pretty dire but uh, anyway i thought that was that was something that i kind of was it was a the takeaway um yeah, yeah. was just to read and to see how could he go from that to this you know and
2: interesting yeah uh, yeah. yeah and it's almost mm-hmm. the um, it's yeah. it's to some in some ways the opposite of the experience of his dad david david also you know had uh his, right. his own unique personality he had many skills he yeah. had many talents he has he was a a man's man he had a great committed followers uh great potential and um and yet and david did make some very big mistakes no doubt about it mm-hmm. yeah. but he did maintain that that layer of accountability remember the yeah to the two prophets mm-hmm. nathan and later on a, mm-hmm. another prophet i've forgotten the name that doesn't come to me right off the bat but he they went and confronted him about his own yeah. sin, whether it was uh, uh, Bathsheba and, and and that fiasco with mm-hmm. with the, the murder of Uriah the Hittite and so on, or if it was later on in talking about the uh, uh, the, the the census that he took unadvisedly and so on. <clears throat> there were people David seemed to welcome. I don't know if "welcome" would be the word, but he seemed to be open to. Uh, you right. know, not, he didn't chop people's head off just because they told him, "Hey, you're making a mistake." Uh, mm-hmm. The fact is, he he listened, and and often it led to repentance and yeah. to, to he changed course, and uh, that is that is a, a very important takeaway, I think. And you don't see that in the life of Solomon. You don't see him. Uh, right. He he goes way way uh, out there. He gets out of. You know, he, he steps out of line, he, he marries what 700 wives and 300 <laughs> concubines, or the, or the other way around, 1,000 wives, I guess you'd say. And he has all of these temples that he builds for them to, to their false gods and idols and so on. And it just compromises the whole nation. And plus, then there was this disastrous uh, economic all of his buildings, and you know, and and all of this building, a lot of it was building temples and palaces for his many wives, um, to a great extent. And then, and then you have, I mean, it just led to a whole era of of compromise and then growing uh, social problems. You know, he the the over taxation, and the people were divided, and and then, of course, it led to a civil Not civil war as such, almost very close to civil war, but it kept from open becoming open conflict, but only because they decided, you know, not not to fight, I guess, one another. But then you had the the kingdom divided, and and that's when you get into this Mm -hmm. this complicated era of of the kings, because you have to follow all of the 22 kings in the north and 21 kings in the south and you kind of have to remember which one is which um if people go to our website stays uh, and they check every week we not only have the readings are there if you want to hear and read through the bible with us uh i've already put up the readings for this coming week on the website the BibleLive dot and you can start off listening to the the book of Acts uh, even this coming week if you haven't joined with us before. But also there at the website we have a section where you can find some very good questions for study, for Bible study. Uh, and we ask about usually there's about 30 or 40 questions about the passages that we read during a given week. So uh, uh, you can go there and find questions uh, about uh, time of the king and in the time of the kings and in that i always put behind the mention of each king i put either an i in in parentheses meaning israel or a j meaning judah so that you can at least mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. when he's talking about a given king oh is he a king of judah in the south or israel in the north and uh, i'm yeah. trying my best to help folks kind of keep Keep clear about who's on first you know, and what's going on. But it, it is a remarkable time. It, it's just essentially it's just history. Now, we say just history. There's some amazing things that take place. And I think what we have to pay attention to is that remember that God has revealed himself in and through and with the to, in the particular in a special way to this people group, the uh, descendants of you know Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and so on. So God has been dealing with them. Uh, uh, They have knowledge of the true and living God, the creator himself. uh, And they have knowledge of him and of his redemptive plan for all of humanity. And that they play a role that's been revealed to them. That they play a role in Mm -hmm. God's redemptive plan. That he has covenanted with them an earthly covenant. That he will care for them and preserve them as a people if they will... Uh, follow him and uh, represent. Keep the vision of of the true and living God uh, available and out there for the people for the nations. Uh, and we've always said that Israel, that this little people group, it, were placed in a very strategic little piece of real estate there at the end of the Mediterranean Sea, and they had the great kingdoms, the great empires of the world revolved around them through. a a period of about five or six hundred years. You had Egypt in the south. You had Aram with their capital in Damascus. You had Assyria with their capital in Nineveh. And then later you have Babylon with the Babylonia and their capital of Babylon. And then you had the Medo-Persian Empire. And then, of course, Alexander the Great uh, takes over the Medo-Persian Empire. And then Alexander Mm -hmm. dies at age 33. And that pre- kingdom, and we move into what is more or less called the modern era. We move into the time of the Roman Empire, uh, coming on the heels of the Greek uh, Empire, and so that's and the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Of course, grows and takes over uh, the whole world, and that's the setting in which Jesus of Nazareth is born, and uh, the Messiah is sent into the world, and we begin the kingdom era, the kingdom age. When now uh, the gospel is being taken over these last two thousand years around the entire world, that's a little bit of a synopsis of the of how God has uh, at least as we read in the scriptures, that's how the God of the Bible has uh, he has introduced himself into the human race, He has maintained a witness of himself through the ages and through those empires, and now of course, um, in this era that we live in. It's it's it is now in all around planet Earth. There are uh, men and women, millions, even billions of men and women who now worship the true and living God and follow Him because of the witness and because of the redemptive work of the Messiah Himself. Uh, and uh, it, it's just it is an astounding just amazing uh, outlay of revelation that we have in the Bible. That's essentially what we see. And we're t- tonight we're going to c- finish our considerations of the time of the kings under under uh, Solomon and Jeroboam Ramon, Rehoboam, and then all the other kings that came after them. We're going to finish that consideration and jump over into the book of Acts and talk about the beginning of these last times, the beginning of the last era the Church Age, or the Age of the Spirit, and uh, including the times in which we live today. Well, let's let's get in a little bit to the kings. We don't have a lot of time, but in our last reading, Second uh, Kings chapters twelve through twenty-five, that we've covered this last week. I think the main focus was uh, we coming we're coming to the final group of kings. Uh, we we already talked about Elijah and and Ahab and Jezebel and and the threat mm-hmm. that they were to the Davidic line, the ancestry of the Messiah through David, and and that how that was overcome, and then you come up you know with Jehu and those that followed him, and then we come to this these last final chapters, and we. Uh, we see now that uh, Assyria r- rises. Uh, Egypt has been a great world power, and so has Aram. Uh, Aram people may not recognize it. Remember the um, the Arameans. That is the basically that is the people group from which the uh, from which Abraham and the and the uh, pe- the Hebrew people come the, from the Aramean. Their language is based, is similar to the Aramean mm-hmm. language, and so on. So you have the Arameans with their capital in Damascus, and they're the they're a great world py- power. Remember that. Uh, remember we talked last week about Elijah going and finding. He got he had three orders. One is to go and anoint the coming king of Aram, and, and that's what he did. Mm-hmm. He had anointed a new king of Aram. He anointed uh, Jehu to be the, the king of. Uh, of of uh, Israel in the north who who is going to take care of, uh, Ahab and Jezebel. And then you have, uh, he was also to anoint Elisha to be his, um, uh, to, to take up when, when he finishes his mm-hmm. ministry. And so he did those things. And we enter in this final, the time of the final Kings, uh, the North has been taken into exile. They were destroyed by, uh, uh, King Sina- Sennacherib of Assyria and uh, Assyria has overcome and defeated Aram and finally as well in, in, uh, defeated Egypt um, or ha- handled, controlled Egypt. It is left up to Babylon later on who actually deals the death blow to Egypt's uh, power plans. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar does that. Uh, but so uh, now the the power has shifted over to Nineveh in the north and they have in 722 they conquered and destroyed the 10 tribes in the north they conquered uh, Samaria uh, and uh so now we're kind of moving into those final kings and I think uh t- just tonight I would emphasize then the time of Hezekiah uh Hezekiah Uh, comes Uzziah is a king of remember that Isaiah the prophet Isaiah says in the year that King Uzziah died I saw the Lord that famous uh, passage and I well that's that's uh, Uzziah Uh, his name also is Azariah so that's sometimes a little confusing Uzziah is another form of the name Azariah and so um, Uzziah dies (laughs) and then you enter into the last king's Uh, The last king of Israel in the north is Hosea, and they are defeated by the Assyrians. And then you come into the final kings of the south, of Judah. And uh, Sennacherib is threatening them. Hezekiah becomes a great hope because he is a godly man. He follows after God. He tries to teach the the scriptures, get people back Mm -hmm. into following God and worshiping in the temple. And the church he, uh, and, he,
0: one and
2: he has some success. Is Jesus he has some success in leading Israel back to the worship of God. And then his son um, Asa and Manasseh are very wicked. It's uh, which is kind of an interesting yeah. thing that such a godly a godly king can yeah. have two such ungodly it's sons.
1: Bad.
2: And yeah. then and then along comes this eight-year-old grandson Josiah. And he turns out to be a godly king as well. I, I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to that. But Josiah becomes a great hero uh, in, to the faith and to what God is doing uh, in and through and with the people of uh, Judah in the south there. Just before they are going to be destroyed, of course, by Nebuchadnezzar and uh, Babylon, the armies of Babylon. So that kind of brings us to the end of the time of the kings, just to wrap it up we we'll talk a little bit more when we come back and we'll talk a little bit about what is it that we could learn today even as modern believers and as a nation uh, state in the world today America the great greatest most powerful wealthiest nation of history what lessons could we learn from what we see in the books of the kings we'll come back in just a moment folks i hope you don't go away stay with us here on the bible live
0: You're listening to the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar.
2: i This is The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. We love and treasure our moms today, especially on Mother's Day 2022. We are back. This is The Bible Live. And, of course, uh, Stacy, you guys were all very kind to your mom today. Uh, we have, oh yeah. We heard from y'all over and over again and and now you are the mom. By the way, happy Mother's Day to yeah. you and in your, you. your son Will and um my my beautiful grandson Will and my granddaughter now Ellie. We're so proud of you, honey. Happy Mom's Day <laughs> to you as well.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, Ellie uh, is now 7 weeks and Will is eight years old, so quite a difference. But we had a lot of fun. Yeah, we went but you to
2: the pool and that Ellie, yeah. For for Mother's Day, Ellie slept seven slept. hours straight. <laughs> she <Woo>! did. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. It was,
1: thank you, Ellie. Best Mother's Day gift ever. <laughs> no.
2: It was very nice, though. So, yeah. Well, wonderful, wonderful. Well, happy Mother's Day to you. And Thank um, you. let's get back to our passage and that is an interesting uh-huh. song that John picked because it talks about the idea that uh, even when 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 God himself took on flesh he was entrusted uh-huh. to a mom <laughs> yeah, that's it's interesting that family uh-huh. family is such a powerful concept in the economy uh-huh. of God and God's plan uh for humanity and moms and dads and and uh, of course the enemy does everything he can to destroy that wonderful mm-hmm. construct, but um, but God is good and love love steps in and and we you know Suzanne and I have been married now fifty years and somehow or other I think it's going to last. I think we're going to make it. <laughs> but, uh, it's, but but that but family is still so very very crucial. Yeah yeah, keeping our fingers crossed as John says here <laughs> in the studio. Well, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about, let's, let's give some close, closure to our consideration of uh, the books of the kings. Uh, we, we're, we're coming to these final years of the kingdom. And remember that in uh, 722, the kingdom in the north was destroyed by Assyria, uh, and they were taken into exile, never to be returned. To the land the ten northern tribes the ten lost tribes is sometimes they're referred to and then in 586 136 only 136 years later then um, Babylon comes over uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's armies destroy Jerusalem and uh, and Judah in the south okay. is scattered dispersed throughout the world of that time as well so we have Uh, And and what is happening, of course, God is uh, through the people of Israel. We could interpret it many different ways. that God is working in and through and with the people of that time. But also remember that he has a covenant relationship and a plan for this nation, this people group, and that he is preserving them to bring through them uh, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Savior. And so they are preserved through this very dangerous period of time. Um, the the Assyrians mm-hmm. attack and the Babylonians attack, and there's great danger. And then, and then, of course, you have these ungodly kings and leaders, yeah. and, and they're trying to save their own skins. And they try to have uh, military and economic treaties with, with Egypt or with Aram or with, Nineveh in the north and and then they're trying to survive politically uh, economically and militarily uh, and so it's a very complex complicated era but we but we see though that in in uh, Hezekiah and in later on through his great-grandson Josiah we see that God there is still at work God is, God's people there there is a remnant there is a uh, there's a small percentage of the population that, that continues to love God and serve God and to follow God and to and to seek to honor him and live uh, in a way that honors God and so, so God honors that, preserves them, keeps them until finally the time it, they are destroyed and scattered. but of course they survive <laughs> even even during the Roman Empire times and of course Messiah comes uh, in that uh, first century. Uh, that we read about when we go back to the New Testament. And we'll be doing that as well during this segment. We'll go back and pick up now at the book of Acts in the New Testament. But any final words about the king, the era of the kings? It's so hard to leave it in a way because there's so many details and so many stories that we could, you know, we could you know, talk about uh, Hezekiah. Yeah, Hezekiah's,
1: have a whole year on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: Hezekiah, the prophet gives him uh, fifteen additional years of life. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. That the uh, prophet mm-hmm. of God came and said, you, "You're going to have fifteen more years." And uh, uh, by the way, there's a detail there. It says Hezekiah in chapter twenty of the Kings. Hezekiah asked for a sign to confirm message, uh, Isaiah's message of extended life. Isaiah told him, God's Mm -hmm. going to give you 15 more years. First, he told him, you're going to die of your illness. But then when God, when Hezekiah went to prayer, Hezekiah was one of the, one of the characteristics of King Hezekiah is that when he got in trouble, when, when pressure was put on him, he, he, his first impulse was to go to God in prayer, which Mm -hmm. is a really, really good lesson for us as well. Yeah. Uh, but Hezekiah when God saw his, his his response uh to the message that he was going to die from his illness, he told the king he told Isaiah, "Go back and talk to the king again and uh, that you're going you I'm going to let you get well in 3 days and I'm going to give you 15 more years of life." Which mm-hmm. which is what you know what I always wonder what would happen if I knew for a fact, if God said, "So you're going to have 15 more years of life." How would I spend those 15 years? That's uh it's very interesting. But Hezekiah got yeah. that message, and he used that time, the 15 years. Hezekiah wrote five or six psalms in the book of the Psalms, and he wrote them according to um, some preachers and 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 historians. He wrote those during those last 15 years of his life. So one of the reasons Hezekiah was given that time is so he could uh, write those psalms, I suppose, that are so encouraging and enlightening to us from the scriptures. But then he goes his, on his way, and then his son uh, 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 Asa, and then Manasseh, his grandson, was extremely wicked. Manasseh is the one who is said to have killed, uh, murdered Isaiah, by the yeah. way. Isaiah, he evidently he, he either hid in a log or was stuffed into a log, and then, he, and then Manasseh had them saw the log, the, saw the log in half uh mm. and, and with Isaiah inside so oh, that's so uh, sad yeah, that's awful is. uh but that was yeah. how wicked and evil Manasseh was he was a terribly wicked and then all of a sudden comes his 8-year-old king Josiah and he ends up being a god follower one who loves God and, and brings back the scriptures uh and reads the scriptures to the people which sparks a, a national revival in the land uh, it's it's an amazing series of events of events it really is. And I guess we learn from that, Stacy. I it's kind of like you were saying that every era every time has its own challenges, every period of time, every <laughs> century. Uh now for 2000 years we've you know the the church has been functioning, God's people have been continuing to worship him and follow him, the message of the Messiah, the savior has Been now spreading around the world for 2,000 years, and now has reached every people group, every tribe, and um, so. But every generation has its own challenges. I know when I was growing up, we had a whole different set of. We had what was the Cold War and the threat of nuclear war with Russia and. And all the all the things that you know the the hippies and the uh, the Jesus movement and you know, we had all these social movements and these developments and, and we were on the verge of you know computer age and and so on. We came into that. Believe it or not, when I was in college, I I, I took computer science. I was a math major and had to go to the math lab every Thursday. Uh, we had one computer on the whole campus. And it was a building, a whole building. <laughs> Now there's more power in a little cell phone that each one of us carry than, than in that entire big old computer in that building. But yeah, we right. started the computer era started back then, and and now look where you are. You guys live uh, in your computers and your cell phones, and you can connect and contact with anybody in the whole world easily. I I I exchange Zoom meetings and with my friends in uh, in Turkey and ukraine and so on we the other day we had a zoom meeting with our crew military ministry and we had uh 175 people on the zoom meeting and they were from ukraine mongolia um all over the world and right there in your screen you're talking to people from what what a tremendous age in the era we live in now but we still have our own challenges. Uh, those of us who want to follow God and know God, uh, we we have to deal with the the times in which we live. And I guess that's kind of what we learn from these times, these different historical eras: is that the the details change, and yet human nature hasn't changed. Things still go south, and and politicians are still this way, and. Uh, and military threats and eco- economic decisions and so on keep happening. And so I think that's kind of what we can learn from these historical sections is principles that would lead us uh, in the way we live and the way we respond to God in the times in which we live. And how how can we be faithful? How can we f- further the God's kingdom? And how can we bring blessing to our own families and our own communities mm-hmm. and cities and nations, uh, and how can we be a part of God's redemptive plan for all of humanity? So that it's still we we still have that challenge, and I guess that's pretty much what we learn. Um, a lot of what we learn from studying the lives of these kings and these times in the past. That's my best summary, Stacy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> would you add anything to that?
1: Well, one I would just want to say before we leave Second Kings, just con- I mean, good job, Dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, your understanding and your ability to uh, remember all the dates and the names and pronounce the names so well. Uh-huh. I'm uh, last week and this week just. Way to go, Dad! Oh, thank you awesome. very much, honey. Yay! <laughs> well, I've
2: been in this old Cause, for a couple of Because I mean, it's years.
1: tough. There's well, yes, yes. Uh, I guess that is what twenty years at the least, at least yeah. of. N- of scripture and memorizing has done. Um, but that's so neat. I, I uh, really, Dad, that's, that's neat how it really does seem like it is written on your heart. And so yeah. um, I admire that so much well, as a you, daughter to a father.
2: Let me ask you this. I, I I don't want to interrupt too much that question, but I, I'm for, the, for example, this morning, now we're back, uh, we're, we've resumed our teaching of the basic trainees at Lackland Air Force Base. And uh-huh. uh, all of these young men and women, enlisted young men and women going into the Air Force, we get a chance for them to come to our classes. And, and they, we've resumed them now a month ago. And we've started building and building. And I'm thinking we probably had, um, we In the past, we've had over 2,000 every Sunday morning. We're building back up. I think we're probably over 500 to 500 to 600 this morning. And and I wonder, as I look into the faces of these young men and women, usually anywhere from 18 to 25 years of age in that era, in that Mm -hmm. general age bracket, I, I wonder what value do they, this new generation, is will the Bible retain its attraction? will the Bible attain retain its allure, its its wisdom its do people of your generation a younger generation um, I'm, I'm wondering I'm wondering what's going to happen to the revelation that God has given us in this book. Uh, so much has moved to the internet now so fewer and fewer people it is reported actually read, the actual Bible now. And so that's one of the reasons we put, uh, I read the Bible and we put it on the internet so people can, if they want to experience the scriptures uh, they, in their car or wherever they are, they can listen uh, to God's word, a clear, good, clear reading of a good, clear modern version, English version of the scriptures. But wh- what is, how will the Bible survive I mean in the Bible you know Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away so we have that promise but do you what do you pick up from a uh, younger generation you go to a congregation a church where there's a lot of young people a lot of young couples and young uh, you know oh, yeah. children and all. what so d- do you hmm do you detect or determine that there's still, a great oh, yeah. in 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 the for sure side. go ahead yes
1: i mean i i do i i i um, well yes yeah i think so i i think that it might be the divisions might become more clear those that are not interested truly are not you know are not interested. There won't be quite as much of a of a warm or of a lukewarm uh-huh. culture. Um, I think that it's probably going to be those that truly um, love the Lord and love His Word and are you know committed to it and and have a hunger for it and a, will. Will only be that much more hungry for His Word, uh-huh. and um, and those that don't will will reject it all that much more. Um, so I, I think that maybe it'll, um, but but yeah, I, I think there's a real fervency for for God and His Word, and I also think that there's going to be um, a a lot more kind of curiosity too, especially as things culturally start to become more, um, you know, when it kind of becomes, comes, put, you know, push comes to shove, I guess, <laughs> uh, when people are really going to have to make a decision on what they, you know, believe or on what they, uh, or when they hear these debates in, on the news or in the, I mean, you know, of course yeah. we have that big, uh, the, the big news these days is the leak, um, the leak on Roe v. Wade, right? Right. And so, a lot of there will be a lot of questions a lot of googling a lot of um people just kind of privately wondering what what you know life is all about when does life start what what do i want my life to look like and you know and that kind of those kind of questions um tend to lead to well who who did why am i here who created me am i created um is there somebody that's sovereign and that's overseeing? You know, and and so, yeah. and of course, Christians are there. We're we're ready to answer those questions. We are all over the, um, you know, internet, and and there's great, amazing resources available, and uh, readily available. And I think that those Christians that people might know. I think Christians are equipped. That we're ready to give those answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how Paul says, be ready to give a testimony. Be ready to give. And I think we are. So I think that now is actually a really a, a prime time
2: it's so for a great that. harvest. It and, really is mm-hmm. interesting. You I think so. <laughs> Remember at the National Day of Prayer on Thursday, we had several mm-hmm. reminders from people. I noted that we had a a pastor's prayer breakfast on Wednesday morning, the day before the National Day of Prayer, a National Day of Prayer pastor's prayer breakfast. And several of the pastors, and, and, and these are younger uh, pastors that were speaking, mm-hmm. uh, and several of them insisted, and I hadn't heard this before, to be honest. It struck me at that prayer breakfast that several of them saying, you know, do we we don't need to pr- prayer that revival will come, that God will send revival. Revival is here. Revival is happening. God's people are, it's kind of what you just said. Believers mm-hmm. are already seeing the decline and the struggle and uh, mm-hmm. uh, over, you know, decades now. And so it's, and and maybe that is another lesson we can draw from the books of the Kings is because it seems like when God was going to do something Great, let's say uh, under Hezekiah or under josiah the the build up to that was a time of division the the, mm-hmm. the Jewish you know the the kingdom would be divided uh, and and people talk about America today is more divided than it ever has been, and that that uh, you know because mm-hmm. of all of these issues of like you say of, of abortion and and the role of faith and prayer and the culture and the society and so on and so on and other issues and uh, other Christ immoral sort of uh, uh, with the whole thing of a sexual identity and all of these things, Mm -hmm. these issues that have kind of stirred and divided, that the culture has become now divided. And I've noticed one thing is that we're, we're not, wasting our time with petty disagreements among believers like between Catholics and Protestants less and less right (laughs) there's far more unity uh we're praying together uh encouraging one another in the Lord and so that's good so maybe what you're saying there's another lesson we could draw from this is that that we may, in fact, be in a time coming right into the opening time of a great time of awakening, or at least potentially of spiritual awakening and revival, and that we need to be uh, ready always to give a, a reason for the hope that we have in Christ and for the, the the blessing that can be had if we choose to follow the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will yeah. serve. You know, God told the people of Israel that at one time.
1: Right, and that does seem to be something, you know, God from the covenant, uh, you know, said, uh, stay, you know, obey me, worship me, um, obey my laws, and I will bless you. Mm-hmm. Disobey, and you'll receive the consequences of that. Um, of course, not ultimately and eternally, and he always is going to uh, maintain his covenant, um, and, uh, you know, eventually, and his mm-hmm. people w-
2: you know, until, but, uh, until he wraps but it, it all up to get, you know, draws right, the right. as we know it, yeah.
1: Right. But he warns over and over disobedience and dis- will lean to destruction. And that was one thing that I think I read as well, kind of in a commentary, was just that um, it's almost as if they they really did not believe that. They didn't believe that, oh, but, well, obviously, I guess Jeremiah warned them over and over and over, you know, yeah. uh, and Forty they years. didn't. Like, yes, and and it took it took God, it took it took the exile, it took Babylon, it took the destruction mm-hmm. for the people to really realize okay you know that that it, those jeremiah was right and um to experience the consequences of disobedience to really and it, sometimes i do feel like um Maybe America or even myself, you know, we, we see just how, how much can we get away with? And we've experienced, experienced so much blessing and so much, um, peace for the most part. And, uh, that we tend to think, Oh, we, we are untouchable. How could, how could we fall? How could, how could we not be the best? Or how can even though we, we, you know, just, as a as a nation, have invited in some of these yeah. really horrible you know worldviews or these horrible, um, and not expect you know consequences of that, and um, but starting to see the consequences, maybe we will we'll, we really will turn and we'll take God at His word a little more seriously. Exactly um, right. Yep. You know, We'll see. We'll all of see. Great, all of Just like Israel Empire. had to do.
2: All of those great empires thought they were too powerful, too great, too rich, too wealthy mm-hmm. to ever fall. Mm-hmm. You know, Assyria mm-hmm. did. You know, Nineveh couldn't fall, Babylon couldn't fall, Rome can't fall. Well, no. that's right? And, and yet, when when judgment falls, uh, uh, it can happen. Yeah. And we we need yeah. to be, come come call unto the Lord and come back to the Lord as a nation. Maybe we'll see that happen in. A, in, our, in this end of this part of the 20, 21st century. Well, yeah. we, there's our music. We've got one more segment. We'll come back and talk about, introduce the book of Acts. This era, this time now of the Holy Spirit, this time of the church. We'll introduce the book of Acts in our next segment. You can give us a call if you'd like, 210-340-9585. I haven't given the phone number tonight except this one time. 210-340-9585. Maybe that's a good place to take off, folks. Anyone out there believe that a revival is on the way or maybe that we've already begun to see signs of revival? I'd love to hear from you. 210-340-9585. Don't go away.
1: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: Started life on her arms, too
0: small to realize
2: what a privilege she was, my mom. She would pour out her whole life to raise me in the fear of God.
0: son me she has
2: we are back Soapy Dollar hit the wrong button there. We got uh, got to get back on the right track here. We are back for our final segment of the Bible Live broadcast for this evening. Stacy's on the uh, on the line here. Second Kings. If you go to thebiblelive dot com, Live dot com, or just Live dot com, you can read through the scriptures with us every year. We just finished reading the books of First and Second Kings, and now we're going to. Uh, return to the New Testament this week and we pick up in the book of Acts this uh, this uh, amazing book of transition from the time of the life, the ministry, the death, the resurrection of Jesus the Messiah uh, the finally after all of these centuries and centuries of waiting, the long-promised, the awaited Messiah, Redeemer, Savior that God said early, early on, and even way back in the book of Genesis, that he's going to send a Redeemer, a Savior, one who would destroy the works of Satan, who tried to uh, interrupt and and disrupt the plan of God, the redemptive plan of God for humanity, that this one would come, a seed of the woman, uh, that he would, a, a male of the species, a human being, he would come into the world, and that he would carry out a redemptive work, and it was based on substitutionary atonement, that he who knew no sin would become sin for us, and therefore pay the penalty of sin and satisfy the the holiness and the just nature of god uh and and that sin will be uh, sin will be judged in the messiah, and so those of us who put our faith and trust in him in uh, in repenting of our sin and turning to god's mercy and grace uh the 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 penalty of our sin has been paid in full by the messiah, and so we have uh, we have been justified by faith, just as if i'd never sinned Now God sees his people as justified The moment we place our faith and trust in Jesus the Messiah, uh, our sins are forgiven and cleansed. And we are born again of the Spirit, as Jesus told uh, Nicodemus. And we read about that when we were reading through the Gospels, uh, particularly the Gospel of John, chapter 3. Jesus told Nicodemus, you have to be born again. You, we have to become a new creation. And that's what happens when we place our faith and trust in Christ. We die to ourself, uh, to our old nature, and to ourself and our own designs and desires. And we are born again. We become a new person in Christ Given spiritual life again, and we—it is the now we are of the lineage in the heritage of Jesus of Nazareth. That's why Jesus is called the last Adam, the second Adam. Just as all of us are descendants of Adam and Eve biologically, physically, we are of the race of Adam and Eve. Spiritually, now we are in the the race of Jesus. He is the, the last Adam, a new human. The race of the redeemed. Has begun, and all of those who are born again in Christ become part of the people of God, a new race. Uh, old things are passed away. behold, all things are become new. Paul tells us in second Corinthians, so we are a new race of, of human beings from every race, every tribe, every language around planet earth, there are young people, children, boys, and girls, teenagers. Uh, Singles, married, uh, grandpas and grandmas, moms and dads all over the world now who have come into that life-changing, transforming work of redemption, part of the family of God now. And uh, God is working in and through and with us uh, to preserve us and to bring us into glory uh, and to finish his work of redemption in us as we end up uh, being together, uh, united with our God, uh, brought into that oneness relationship that exists between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, brought it, bringing us as God's people into that oneness, harmonious relationship with God Himself and with each other as the people of God. I will be their God, they will be my people. That's the overall plan. That's what we see carried out throughout the scriptures from Old into the New Testaments. And this, the pivotal moment in, in some ways is this. The coming of this Messiah, who is—he's prefigured, he's predicted, he is uh, uh, prophesied in the Old Testament. Over three hundred prophecies about him, about his life, about what he will be like, characteristics of his ministry, and so on. And all of them, all of those prophecies and predictions fulfilled in the life of Jesus of Nazareth, and he carried out in a, an amazing way the The plan of God for the Redeemer, for the Messiah, and He becomes now the firstborn of the twice born. He is the the um, He is the model. He's He's the um, the type, the the prototype of the re- of the new people of God, and that we now are part of that that race, the spiritual race of the redeemed, as we by faith come into a, that relationship with God through through the work of Jesus, the person in the work of Jesus, the Messiah. So that's where we come. Uh, Jesus has come. He's carried out his work. He's He was killed uh, on, on a cross, crucified, uh, but he told very clearly that I'm going to go, this is going to happen, but I'm going to rise from the dead. Uh, and the Old Testament, he knew that. Uh, he knew that because the Old Testament said the Messiah will not corrupt in the grave; mm-hmm. he will rise, he will rise to new life. And uh, Jesus knew that; he he told his disciples that. And in fact, he did rise from the grave and the dead. But now we open up in the book of Acts, the opening chapters of the book of Acts. Um, it opens with Jesus. Uh, talking to his disciples uh, his final message to them before he ascends into heaven uh, he says uh, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and when I will return and then he he tells his uh, disciples that, that don't you know wait for me in Jerusalem and he says uh, in verse eight the father alone has the authority to set these dates and times and they are not for you to know that is when the time uh, to free israel and restore the kingdom he said but and listen to this statement this is the this is the outline statement for the entire book of acts but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in jerusalem Throughout Judea into Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is an outline, if you want it, of the book of Acts. Uh, we will see in a moment uh, we'll read in Acts chapter two about that, that event, that time. It's often interesting to me to Stacey that the Bible talks about these grand events. I mean, for example, it talks about the coming of the Messiah that the messiah would come mm-hmm. into the world and that he would be a great king and but that he'd be a suffering servant i mean you have all these prophecies in the old testament and predictions about this this redeemer this messiah that's going to come but at some point in time it actually had to it had to actually happen not not, not just some kind mm-hmm. of a big um, event you know something that we some dramatic thing uh, it is that, and yet, on the other hand, there's, there's always a, a there's a commonness about it. There's a normality to it. I think I think about that every Christmas. That finally, after all those centuries, the Messiah does come into the world. And yes, there's a star, and yes, the angels sing, and yes, it's Jerusalem. I mean, I mean, it's Bethlehem, and yes, it's. I mean, everything, all the elements are there, and it's big and dramatic and amazing. But on the other hand, it's common a baby is born right. a, a young girl that, yeah. a young girl has a baby and what could be more mm-hmm. common and a baby cries in the night and the and shepherds come and and it, you know it, it's it's so interesting that this incredible far reaching uh transforming event of all human history and yet it it takes place in real life, <laughs> real people, in real situations. And that's what we see now right. with with the book of Acts. God has come, the Messiah has carried out his role, and now we're entering into the final era, the age of when this message now the, of the, the true and living God and his redemptive plan for humanity, um, it is more clearly understood now than ever before because the Messiah actually has come. We don't have to imagine it anymore or think about what, what it's going to be like. And it, it happened. He came. He he lived out exactly what the Scripture said, but it, it, it's so beautiful and powerful when you see the life of Jesus and what he accomplished and all. But now that we're entering into a new age, and he says, you're going to read, Jesus tells his followers, He's already told them about the Holy Spirit. He's told them, you, you're going to enter into a new age and era when God's Spirit is now going to dwell among human beings. He's going to dwell among you. Uh, and, and the disciples in chapter 2 of Acts, the disciples, are they have to explain what's going on. You know, they, they, they're speaking in these tongues without la- learning this language. And they have mm-hmm. to explain to the people there in Jerusalem. They didn't go off to some far-off land to preach the message of Messiah. They Right there in, where Jesus had been crucified and, and buried just weeks before, now all of a sudden here they are saying, He is alive. He rose from the dead. We've seen Him. And so they quote passages from... From Joel, where in in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will preach and prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and the signs of the earth below, and so on. And he, and he talks about not only the the, the Messianic prophecies, but that God predicts this age in which we live now, the age of the church, the age of the Holy Spirit, and so now mm-hmm. following on the heels of a Messiah Jesus and his fulfilling his role and his his redemptive work on our behalf, now uh, these these one time cowardly uh, ignorant, and faithless Disciples of Jesus all of a sudden come out of their hiding and out of that upper room uh, that we read about the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter two they come out of that prayer meeting and boy, they are on fire <laughs> literally spiritually too, but they are on fire they they preach with boldness and courage and they are threatened and they are struck and and tortured, but they there's nothing that's going to keep them from sharing that message and uh, taking that message of the redemption and salvation to the world around them. And so it, it, that's the beginning. It, it just it explodes out of Jerusalem, just like it says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. And that's what it's been doing now for 2,000 years. That message of redemption has been spreading. And uh, God's people, uh, indwelt and empowered by the Spirit of God himself, Working and living in each believer, each of our lives, the Holy Spirit is working generation to generation, family to family, uh, people group, city to city, nation to nation. The story of the Redeemer as and his salvation has taken. Uh, and, and now we are at, some people believe we, well, we must be very, we're closer to the end of this age than we were, clearly, because time goes by, right? <laughs> but many people right. think that we are in now the final stages of these last times uh Jesus said this this message of the gospel we preach to every nation and every tribe every language everywhere and then the end will come he 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 himself said that so now we are looking at uh like i said i was on a zoom meeting the other day with believers from ukraine and mongolia and and russia and <laughs> all over the world and of course that's just even a small picture but uh, every every nation, um, uh, Arabs and and former Muslims and Hindus and people, but now have come to know the God that they sought and longed for, because of their faith in Jesus, the Messiah, His work on our behalf. And it's not a re- it's not ultimately a religion. It, it, it's I hate to kind of. Say, reduce it to that, and this could be a confusing statement for people, but we're not just talking about competing religious groups. This goes much deeper, deeper in and further than than just simple religious affiliation. It goes to people who are sincerely, truly desiring God. They're searching for the Creator. They long for Him. They desire to, to be at peace with God. They desire to live for God to know his forgiveness and his cleansing and his power in their lives. Uh, now, many of them come from cultures different from ours. I mean, I'm I'm from a Native American background, and uh, 500 years ago on, the, on this continent uh, roamed uh, Cherokees and Navajos and Sioux and, and uh, different tribes all across this land, and many, many hundreds and thousands of them sought after the Creator they sought after god they wanted to know god they looked at the sun the moon the stars and the seasons and the and and they they longed for the creator uh, and they didn't have the information we have today they didn't have the old and new testaments and they didn't know about israel and didn't even really know about jesus but they longed for the creator uh, as paul talks about this in, in romans chapters 1 and 2 They longed for for goodness and immortality and righteousness, and they looked for God. And and according to what Paul says there in in logic, God applied to them. They, They responded positively to what they knew of God, to what God revealed to them of himself by his Holy Spirit. And they responded with longing and with faith and desire toward God. And God applied to them the full work of redemption because nobody gets into heaven apart from what God did through the Messiah the redeemer the savior everybody that's in heaven someday will be there because based on the finished work of of Jesus the Messiah but some of them uh, some of us we're we we know the whole story Stacy you've heard about Jesus since childhood you've heard about the Messiah you know about the scriptures you know about the the prophets and, and Israel and all of these stories, and we see the redemptive plan of God as it rolled out into human history. And, and we know about it Also, we have a great responsibility to whom much is given, much is required. But other people didn't know that much. They lived in times and circumstances where they didn't, what they had mostly was the re, revelation of of uh, of nature. They saw the sun and the moon and the stars and they saw uh, the power of God in, in creation and they saw the, the goodness and the mercy of God in creation and they felt in their hearts the longing to be right with Him and to do right. A- and it, at some level they responded to the call of God on their heart by His Spirit. And God applied the full work of redemption to them. Now, even we who think we know a lot—and we do, there's no doubt about it—we have been gifted to know a lot from the Scriptures. We know the Bible, we know the story, but even we, we don't, we don't know it all. I mean, we never want to think we have got God in a, you know, God in a box. You know, we know all about Him. No, there's so much we don't know. We have still so much to learn, so much to experience of Him. Uh, and yet, we've been blessed with with a greater, fuller knowledge of His redemptive plan, and particularly of the Messiah, the Redeemer, and and so much is required of us as well. And so, this whole era starts out now in the Book of Acts. It explodes out of Jerusalem and across the world of that of that era and that time. And that's, I guess, that's what I started off saying: is that it's so interesting how that these great themes of redemption and the Spirit of God being poured out on all humanity, it sounds so dramatic and so amazing, and it is, but on the other hand, it had to really happen somewhere. Somewhere it just had to really take place, and that's what we read about in the book of Acts. Uh, These same apostles that were fleeing and and hiding and and afraid for their lives and so on, they They're transformed by they see the risen Savior himself. They wait on him. They wait on the Lord, as Jesus told them to do in Jerusalem, probably in that upper room, even where they had the Passover meal could well have been in that same upper room in Mm -hmm. Jerusalem. And then on Acts chapter two, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And every one present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages without learning them, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And so, uh, at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living all around the world, living in Jerusalem. And when they heard this loud noise, everyone came running. They were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. It's very interesting what happens here in Acts chapter two. Uh, the the international setting, international intercultural setting of of Israel, because there were many people there for the time of Pentecost, and, and there were many people that had been there during Passover, uh, the, during the time when Jesus was crucified, and, and, and so on. And so they're there. The scene is set. And the the message comes, the spirit comes, the message comes, and now it's a golden moment now as they spread out from Jerusalem back to their home nations and countries, they take that message of redemption with them. And it, we, that begins this process out of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. It, it's an amazing thing to see it really, the way it really, really happened. Um, in, in some ways, it's a very natural process that took place as they they led they left Jerusalem and of course they don't really leave Jerusalem all of them here in chapters 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 uh, until chapter 8 of the book of acts when persecution picks up against God's people in Jerusalem uh, by Rome and by the religious leaders uh that's when they are that's when they are scattered with the death of Stephen in chapter 7 uh, the martyrdom. The first Christian martyr dies under the uh, tutelage and under the sponsorship of Saul, Saul this Jewish uh, uh, Pharisee, who who leads in, in the, and is the primary executor here in the persecution and the uh, uh, prosecution and execution of of Stephen. Now he himself then becomes a follower of Jesus. Uh, the great the conversion of Saul in chapter 9. We'll read all about that. And if you want to read through this amazing book with us, go to com. Even tonight, starting at midnight, you can start reading, uh, and we'll continue to read every day this week through the book of Acts. So we invite you to read with us and then join us next Sunday night as we'll, we'll discuss the book of Acts, what we read about, the things that take place in these uh, in the period of these years, these two or three decades following the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus will follow and see the growth of the infant church all in this scattered begins scattering all around planet Earth. I took all of our time, Stacy, anything you want to finish up?
1: With? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's all right. I, I'm excited for the book of Acts. It's a great time to come into the into the readings.
2: Yeah, it really is. It's it's And it's a great time for us in as Americans in this 21st century. Yes. I think it's going to have a lot to encourage us and to instruct us as we move forward Definitely. in our own times in our own nation. Thank you, everyone. See you next Sunday. Bible
1: Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas.
0: Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live Broadcast.
1: You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.